not Slade, but Wade. No, they're no, they're two different characters. Do not confuse the two. Dude, I think I still got that sticker. Hang on, let me see if I still got it here. I think I put it on the back of my. Yeah, you can still kind of see it, but I put it on the back of my keyboard, and it's uh, it's kind of covered there. But it says uh, bro, it said the Wilsons Mercenaries for Hire. Uh, and that's all it says. The Wilsons, Mercenaries for Hire, and it's right yeah. on the back of my nope. keyboard there. No, nope. wait, Wade Wilson is not inspired by Slade Wilson at all, at all. Do not. No, no, no. no they're totally different. <laughs> Neither one of them have feet. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because with with all the the jokes that were in uh, Deadpool two, there were there were one or two that uh, at least in my group that I saw at the draft house when he made the joke about, you know, can't draw feet. I laughed at that. Yeah. I've got it. I, I was chuckling. I got it. It's Rob Leefield, man. Crickets and a tumbleweeds are blowing at that one. You didn't like, hand oh. it. You should, that was your moment, John. You should have oh, hammed it and like, just, and <laughs> just clutch it in my gut and bend over. Stand up and get your knee up and start slapping it. Well, it, you it, could have. It told you had me your moment. Yeah, it, it told me uh, that I was not with very original Deadpool fans. Let's just say they were new Deadpool fans, not Rob sure, Leefield, Liefeld, however you want to say it, era uh, Deadpool fans. You know, because it's funny because Rob Liefeld even jokes about not being able to draw feet. <laughs> well, and yeah, and that was like the, uh, and he talks about that joke too. Uh, he did a couple interviews after the fact, after, you know, the first weekend and mm-hmm. was able to share like some moments of, you know, just kind of like what he thought was pretty funny. And he, he, uh, he valued that joke. He said, he thought he goes, that was great. Of course it's great. Oh, of course. That's, yeah. Well, yeah. because that's, I mean, one, you know, he's going to be all over, you know, he's going to be all over it anyway. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is. I mean, yeah. he's making some cash green on the back of all this stuff. Do you think so. that he does? Oh, yeah. Hmm. You're telling me that a guy like Rob Liefeld is going to not try to make money on this kind of stuff? Oh, well, I'm talking about like from Marvel or Fox. I mean, are they cutting oh, yeah. him a check? I think he's going to cut. I think he's going to cut. Oh, yeah. You think so? Dude. I mean, I mean um, one of the reasons why he left Marvel was he had they, you know, him and McFarlane and Jim Lee and all this that, you know, the characters that they were creating in X-Men and X-Force and Spider-Man and whatnot. Yeah. They had no control over. So, you know, well, I mean, maybe those were sold in a different way. I don't know. But I mean, you know, even uh, Bill Finger's family and they were getting money. And so was Bob Kane's family and property. With, with yeah, Batman it'd be movies. interesting to see how that is, how that is laid out. I don't know. Maybe you have to pay closer attention to the credits. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, it very well could be listed, you know, Deadpool created by Rob Liefeld. Uh, it. I mean, if, if Marvel is giving creative, um, not permission, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, creative acknowledgement to Rob Liefeld, then I would assume that maybe he's making some money off of it. But yeah, man, I would hope. I mean, you know, honestly, I hope he is. I hope he's getting some cash green off of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I mean it's his IP, man. Like he, you know, he, he put the work into it. Yeah. He created the character. He made a made it successful, you know, and uh, good for him, right? Yeah, that is that is true. That is true. So what did you think of the movie, dude? Dude, what I had you? a fun time. I yeah. had a fun time with it, man. I, you know, with, with Deadpool, and I, I think I made this comment before, um, it's Deadpool 
you know, you and I have talked about this a little bit. We talked about superhero movie fatigue off off of this show. Um, but you know, not in relationship to like what James Cameron and, and yeah. Luke Besson and all those other yeah. fools. Yeah, Luke Besson's got his own own package. He's got of trouble his own right issues. Now. Yeah. yeah, he's not he's worried about own- me. He's not worried about making new movies right now. If you know what we're talking about, reasonable, it's just Google <laughs> Luke Besson. It's L U C B E S S O N. Let's just say he's not worried about making movies right now. Yeah, yeah, he's got a few uh, few other he issues. Might have a, might have some litigation to go through. Yes. But <laughs> maybe some jail time. But he, uh, but it, you know, it's like, that's what, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy C, the Jimmy Cameron talked, you know, he started talking about how, you know, superhero fatigue. I think we, you and I talked about this in our, in our two hour grocery trip, I think, uh, about a week and a, two weeks ago or whatever. Um, but this, you know, these guys come out and they just want to be like, man, I, you know, I, people are going to get tired of these films and people are going to get tired of superheroes and this, that, and the other. And I understand that to a degree, but only because their, their intent of saying that and why like James Cameron is saying that kind of stuff is because he makes, he is currently, I'm not saying he makes crappy movies, but he is currently involved in this avatar thing that is a crappy movie and it is going to be a crappy series. And I think he knows it. And so he's got to try to discredit like every other franchise and fad that's happening right now. And if you can call a movie series over that's been, or a theme of a move theme of movies that's been happening for the last 18 years, uh, a fad, you know, let's kick it back to X-Men uh, one, you know, the, these movies have been ma- being made for 18 years at this point. Um, they show no signs of showing slowing down. And, and it's like the internet, man, like the internet wasn't a fad either. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like that. But you know, I think he's really got this problem with it because I know he's going to be coming out with some stuff anchors coming up soon especially if he keeps coming after that avatar series and i think you know luke basson did the same thing with that uh what was that that i can't even remember the title the, of that valerian movie. valerian so he he did that movie he did the same thing with valerian he he makes this movie he ships it it does not do well at all and he blames Marvel movies. He blames comic book movies for its lack of success instead of going, yeah, maybe this movie was garbage. Or, and, or uh, maybe I shouldn't have agreed to release my movie a week after Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, like the sci-fi mm. movie that would attract the, a very similar audience that would go see Spider-Man. You know, you've got some, anyway, dude. But well, well, you and we, I have seen uh, you and I have seen uh, the the Quiet Place. Yes, um, in the theater, I went. You know, uh, you went and you were like, "Dude, you've got to see this in the theater." And I had been planning on watching it regardless. I didn't know if I was going to go to the theater or not. I'm so glad I walked into the theater and saw that movie. And it's and I'm saying that to say all this, right? I'm coming back to a point. The point is superhero movie fatigue um it i it doesn't exist in the way that that jimmy c wants us to think it exists um we want good storytelling right like that's the whole point of this we want really good storytelling infinity war is fantastic storytelling almost almost every single marvel movie leading up from 2008 to now has been great storytelling there's been a few clunkers here and there there's been a few i'll call them speed bumps along the way 
that have kind of slowed things down a little bit. We've talked about those at nausea. Yeah. And I don't, on this I, and, show. And, and I would say that even the ones that are, are speed bumps, we wouldn't say, you know, and I mean, let's, let, let, we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll call one out. Okay. It's an easy one to, to point out. Uh, Thor, the dark world, even though that was a speed bump, it's not terrible. No, it's not a bad movie. No, it, it's still a very watchable movie. There's In the a, context of superhero movies and correct, MCU. Yes, they're not one of the best. Not not one of the best. I mean, it's it's no Green Lantern. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> In terms of it didn't stink like Green Lantern right. stunk. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. But so when 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 I think about like all those movies and I think about superhero movie fatigue, which to be honest with you, at Infinity War, I had to take a deep deep breath. You know, we do this show for fun. We like to have a lot of fun with this show, and that's what it's really all about. But after Infinity War, I know John, you feel the same way. We kind of both have to take this deep breath and go, Whew, "Can I get a minute? Can I just have a minute and not think about a superhero franchise?" And Infinity War itself is exhausting because yeah. you have 10 years of movies to think about when you're watching Infinity War. You are thinking about 10 years worth of movies. So the reason why I really like Deadpool is because I don't have to think about crap. (laughs) I get to walk in that movie. I get to see stuff get blown up. I get to see jokes being made. I get to see Ryan Reynolds, who I really enjoy as an actor. I get to see superheroes. I get to see, you know, Juggernaut. I get to see, you know, I get to see Deadpool. I get to see a, a fun comic book movie without having to rack my brain to think about references to every other movie that's been happening in the last 10 years. I get to go in and I get to have party and I get to eat popcorn. And, you know, I just, I don't have to think about anything. And I think for me, this is my experience with Deadpool as well. And you and I talked about this a little bit. I figured I'd want to share it. Deadpool movies are my experience with Deadpool with our most of my experience with Deadpool. The other part of my experience with Deadpool was Marvel versus Capcom three. <laughs> and you could pick Deadpool as a character and he would take the health bar and beat you with it. You know what I mean? Like that was kind of my experience with Deadpool. I didn't read any Deadpool comics. I knew about him. I knew he'd run around. I knew some of the jokes. I, you know, I got him. I knew more about, I felt like I knew more about cable than I did Deadpool. Um, but I don't, I, that's my experience with him. So when I walked into Deadpool two and I didn't have to pay attention to anything, if I had to pee in the middle of the film, I got to got up and go pee and come back without stressing out that I might miss some dialogue or I might miss a, or a, a crucial, a crucial moment or a, Oh my God, did you see that one part? I didn't have to worry. You know what I mean? It's like I get to go in and it's not superhero movie fatigue for me. It's just being able to go in and enjoy and laugh a little and relax and honestly decompress from infinity war deadpool 2 literally just allowed me to hit the valve on the decompression switch from infinity war because it was it's the same area it's the same you know what i mean it's the same genre i love but i don't have to think about anything i just get it's like expendables or something like that right (laughs) yes it's just some action movie i'm a huge fan of the expendables yes right and so that's the way i view deadpool so it's like it's it's a it's just a popcorn muncher it's a lot of fun stuff gets blown up it's comic books 
it's all the things like in a blender and I just go, all right, cool. Like I don't have to think about it and I get to go in and enjoy it. Yeah, I, I like that assessment uh, of the movie. Um, as with most, and we're not, guys, we're not going to spend uh, Infinity War length on on Deadpool. Oh, no. Okay, so <laughs> not at all. So Again, if, you, if you're hoping for the a, way that this assessment is, like, yeah, if you're yeah. hoping for a two hour <laughs> breakdown of Deadpool two, uh, look elsewhere. Okay, because uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, I will say that there will be some spoilers. I, I think with when it comes to like Deadpool spoilers, they're not going to be on like on the insane. Uh, excuse me, same insane level no. as say like in, uh, Infinity War. I do like your your assessment of Deadpool too. You know, for those who have been listening to this show since its inception, I I have a very uh, I wouldn't say love hate relationship with Deadpool. I have a very hate tolerate uh, relationship with <laughs> yeah, Deadpool. That's pretty fair. Yeah, you know, and it, and it's funny. I I don't dislike the first Deadpool movie. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. No pun intended. Uh, I felt it was very much overrated. The, the crowd that I saw it with that, that doesn't have much to do with it. I, I just, uh, it, it was good. I just don't think it was as just wild as everyone. Groundbreaking film. Yeah. Groundbreaking, groundbreaking in that it was a rated R film, you know, comic book movie that, you know, made a tremendous amount of money and we're, we're going to get sure. to Deadpool twos numbers here. I want to bring up a couple things is interesting. It's not trending as hot as the original Deadpool, which is very, very interesting. And I got a couple of theories as to why that I, that you and I voiced concern over when it came to the new Deadpool fans, you know, the people who came on board with the Deadpool character five, six years ago. Yeah. You know, um, I would say that I that I had a lot of I agree with you. I had fun watching Deadpool 2. Uh, it was. You know, the, the the all of the the gags, the jokes uh, addressing the audience, you know, that, that's that's all well and good. Not really going to dig into that. What I really appreciated about the second one. And, and I agree with you that, you know, Infinity War, you and I had Avengers fatigue again not in the way that James Cameron said we would have it. It was just like, wow, we got here. We got here and super excited about where it's going to go. In fact, you and I commented, you know, Black Panther dropped on Blu-ray and 4K Blu-ray just a couple weeks after Infinity War. I got an early Father's Day surprise. Uh, Joanna bought me a copy of it on 4K. Cool. She's like, look what I got for you. And I'm like, awesome. And I'm like, Ugh, I, I can't watch this right now. <laughs> I know it's going to look gorgeous. It. It's going to look beautiful. Uh, if it's anything like Thor Ragnarok, which I have to say, Ryan, I think so far has been, I think, Disney's best MCU 4K transfer. Uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, man. Beautiful. Those colors are just like in your face. But I just, I mean, I can't muster the energy to see it, not because we didn't like Black Panther, for crying out loud, you and I both saw it twice in the theater, seen Infinity War twice now. It's just, woof, I'm like, man, I just, we're still breaking down what we saw in Infinity War, and we joke about going to the Holy Scriptures or the Infinity Gauntlet to try to find where... Speaking of, you did get your copy. I love it. Yes. And it's in beautiful Glorious paper. paper. Smells oh, so good. Oh, it smells delicious. I can smell it from here. Oh, that's mine that I'm <laughs> smelling. Um, 
if we're not talking about our ferrets. So, uh, Deadpool two was that nice change of pace. And I, I really liked a lot of the more somber tones of the movie. I really did. It, it took that Deadpool character and fleshed him out. And, you know, none of it really was remotely original in terms of renegade anti-hero is going to find a way to become the superhero. Uh, It didn't tug on my heartstrings like, you know, Peter going, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so well. You know, you know, his quote unquote dying uh, and then coming back. I wasn't like, yo, man up, man up. I was like, yeah, he's not dead. Uh, but it it brought a a different welcome feel to this character that it doesn't just have to be hijinks and knee slapping and you know groin jokes and butt jokes and everything else that goes with it that very much makes up a rated R movie. Sure. The 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 pen joke really got old. After a while, it's like, okay. And for those of you who have seen Deadpool 2, you know, oh, what, the, we're, uh, you know what we're talking about. Uh, because we're a PG show, we're not going to go into detail. But there's a character who hides a pen in a certain area where things normally come out of your body. They don't normally go in. Okay. They call it the prison wallet. Yeah, the prison wallet. And it's this running gag from about 15 minutes into the movie, literally till the end. I'd had enough of that joke i was like okay we get it the pen was up his butt we get it okay (laughs) get it (laughs) move along move along okay and and those were some of the things that really i frustrated me with the first deadpool was just returning to the same gag over and over and over and over again it's like having a really funny character on saturday night live that's hilarious and lauren michaels figures out that everyone thinks it's funny and the next thing you know he's on every week or she's on every week, and then it's not funny. Doing anymore. the same, and they're doing like the same gag, the same gag the same over and over and over, and then you're like, okay, that's not funny anymore. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I so you know, I I really enjoyed. It. I think Domino really stole the show. Uh, I would love to have seen more of her. I I was skeptical of her casting, not because it was a black actress. Those people who are complaining about that hit the road. I just didn't know. It's like how is she going to fit into this story? Because Domino is a really big character, not just in X-Force, but with Deadpool and with Cable. And I would like to have seen a little bit more of her. And I, and I read a couple rumors today that they're thinking of a potential Domino spinoff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I could potentially buy into that. Zaze beats. Zaze beats. I thought she was fantastic. Hundred uh, percent stole the show for me. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I I agree. Josh Brolin's Cable, it was good. It was good. It was exactly what Josh Brolin Cable would be. Yeah, it was good. Standard affair. Walked in, did but, the work, walked out. I like him better as as Thanos, Thanos, or his Greek name Thanos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not Thanos. Not. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Thanos. That's good. You may have just found our, our show title. Thanos. 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 
Very good. Very good. Well, Haven't heard that one, Thanos. You know, I got only got a few, but when when I get them, <laughs> oh, I get them good. Man. You know that was I mean? good. That's good. I like it. <laughs> but, you know, here's here's where I, you know, I mentioned a, a couple a couple minutes ago. Um, I've got box office mojo in front of me. And I'm looking at Deadpool 2's numbers. Now, guys, this is not a knock on Deadpool 2. This isn't John going, see, I told you so. I have a theory. Um, so if you, if you look at Box Office Mojo's uh, front page, their homepage, halfway down, it's got the showdown section. You got right. Deadpool 2 versus Deadpool. Right, right, right. I was just looking at that. Okay, six-day total for Deadpool 2, $157 million. For Deadpool, after six days, it was 172. So it's trailing its predecessor by a yeah. pretty good margin. Okay. I mean, we, at first glance, you're going to go, it's really not that much. But then when you look at it, you're like, ooh, holy cow. That's um, you're, you're getting close to being about 20 million behind. It's about 18 million behind, somewhere around there. And I think there's a couple reasons why. Ryan, that this one is, and I don't think it's going to make more than the original. I, I don't think this is going to be a... It's not on track to. It's not on track to. The the first one did, let's see here, I had the number up a second ago. Uh, the first one did globally. We look at global numbers, not just domestic. Globally, uh, it did $783 million. It was the highest grossing rated R movie of all time. Logan came right. very, very close to that. Did not beat it. Became very close. And now you've got Deadpool 2, which right now globally sits at 363. It's probably not going to beat the first one. That means it has to do 420 million more just to tie it. That's that's a tall order. Now, what Deadpool had going for it, the first one, was repeat views. And I know a lot of Deadpool fans don't like to hear this. It wasn't bringing in new viewers it was bringing in repeat yeah. viewers something that the mcu has done very very good at now you're going to get to repeat viewers like you and i the reasonableists we're going we saw black panther twice I've, i don't know have you seen infinity war more than once or just the one time nah, okay just the one time you know we saw black panther twice saw infinity war twice uh you know i've seen uh, guardians i saw original guardians i saw twice in the theater so it's not unusual for mcu fans to see these movies twice but a lot of their, their you know, they're, they're going to have these big opening day numbers and they're always going to drop off. That, that's, that, that's the norm. You're going to get yeah. your repeat viewers, but then you're also going to get word of mouth where people are like, you know, I really like these superhero movies. Was Black Panther really worth it? Yes, you need to go see Black Panther. <clears throat> okay, yeah. I'll go. Okay, I'll go. I was going to wait, you know, I was going to watch it on video, but okay, I'll go. I'll go see it. Right. And yeah. I, think the, I think the reason why we're seeing this, Ryan, is... Because Deadpool 2, while it is zany, you got your hijinks, you got your silliness, it is more serious at times than the first Deadpool. And I think that's a turnoff to the newer Deadpool fans because they don't, surprise, they don't get it. That right. Deadpool isn't just jokes and hijinks. He is a complex character and is treated as such as even though even in print, he's still fully aware. He knows what he's doing, all that other stuff. He still has these moments of tragedy, clarity, and that's why he has this lasting appeal in print. So yeah. I, I think that, and that's just my theory, that the reason why this one isn't seeing all of those repeat views that the first Deadpool saw, 
after its second week is I think some people are like, what the heck? Why? Why? The death? Like you right know? away. Yeah. You know what I mean? What? Like, you know, That's his, not his, funny. His girl gets killed yeah. immediately. I'm sorry. You, you, know, guys, you, got, the, you guys got to hear a little news notification chime. I'm sorry. Reason no. was. Oh, good. We just went on do not uh, disturb. My bad. Sorry about that. But but yeah, I mean, does that theory. Yeah, the, she died right away. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think it's I think it's sound. I think it's, you know, I, you know, I, I would only assume I think I think it's better than the first one. Yes. Of course. I agree. Um, because it's more you know, fleshed out. Got, it's more fleshed yeah. out. Because you learn more about these characters. Um, I, I think, you know, the gags and stuff like that were really good. The one gag in particular, actually, that's just kind of coming to mind is the rug pool from the trailer, yeah. which I think was yeah. just in reshoots, to be honest with you. Um, I, I did hear that the first sets of shoots, uh, you know, there was quite a bit of complaints about A, B, and C, then no one really kind of said anything. I know Domino actually got more screen time yes. because of those reshoots. And the X Force got less screen time because yes. of those reshoots. Now the it's trailer a classic was example released. of the trailers because the trailers show X Force in action. In action, yeah. They, that's the rug pull, man. That rug pull was great, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because to, even though it may have been based on reshoots and that kind of stuff happens anyway, like you know we you know Rogue One, prime example, right? Oh, brother, the scenes yeah. we never saw in the theater. You know, scenes we never saw in the trailer. Or <laughs> yeah, scenes we saw in the trailer, never saw in the, in the theater. Yeah, that's almost a completely different movie than what's presented in the trailer. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. So you and have, by the way, was the right call was yeah, the right call 100%. for that movie. Yeah. And this may have been the right call for this movie, too. I think it was. I think it was. You've got and I was I was still excited, you know, to be honest with you. I was I love Terry Crews, to be honest. With you. I really love that dude. Um, that Expendables. Dude is, kick ass he's so good in the expendables <laughs> so good in the expendables he's great brooklyn i you know and i'm a fan brooklyn of brooklyn 99 yeah he's really good in that love brooklyn 99 um he's great in almost everything that dude touches and he has been in quite a few stinkers along the years as these like weird old characters. spice commercials old spice yeah balls of fury if yeah. you remember that ping pong oh, movie terrible. from yeah. back yeah he was like one of the guys from that movie. oh and can i just say but, that in the expendables he has one of the best action names of all time hail Bedlam. caesar H A L E is his first name. Hail Caesar. That's his name. Come on. Come (laughs) on. Is that not just the best action name? So I was super excited to see, uh, you know, I was actually really excited to see Terry Crews like tear it up in the streets a little bit. And what's, what was really great is that, uh, who was it? Shatterstar. Um, yeah. When he made his when when he walks in the little interview room, there was a there was like a like four people behind me that just went woo for whatever for Shatterstar for Shatterstar now, one of the I have I, I have like characters. zero again I have zero experience with Shatterstar um I couldn't care less to be honest it was like oh neat uh, cool okay. and then it's like we had a fan fan fanisms behind me and I get just got so you and I have talked about this, you know, quite a bit of just kind of like the Deadpool fan, like knee slapping him and haw and like, you know, heart, you know, just gut busting laughter over every little bitty reference ever. I, I got so much pleasure out of watching that character take a dive bomb <laughs> into that awesome, helicopter dude. blade <laughs> only because I knew it broke the hearts of the jack holes behind me that were really excited about him i don't know why but i got a lot of pleasure that of seeing that, that green well, monster yeah dude, the, the sh- <laughs> dude i didn't shatter star fans i mean come on uh, it, what <laughs> jiminy christmas you know it, it, it is shatter star is one of those classic rob liefeld characters now rob liefeld uh 
you know, he gets a lot of credit for, you know, I mean, he essentially created X-Force, right? I mean, he, yeah, yeah, Cable, yeah, he Deadpool, yeah, sure. Domino, Shatterstar, Bedlam. You know, these all were the heyday of early 90s X-Men, the X-Universe, where X-Men literally were writing the checks and cashing the checks for Marvel. I mean, if it had an oh, yeah. X on the title, it was selling. If it was a character even remotely associated with the X-Men, it was selling. And Shatterstar was one of those just typical Rob Liefeld creations, goofy helmet, pouches of just pouches upon pouches upon pouches, tiny feet. It's like, what, what is this guy's power? What exactly did? And I love the Mojo world reference. I applaud the Deadpool writers for having Shatterstar's origin be the Mojo world, which is ridiculous because it's never been mentioned at all in any of the X-Men movies. And he goes, yeah, I'm from Mojo world. And they all just acknowledge that. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. They're already aware of Mojo (laughs) world. And even though it's never been brought up and Rob, you know, when he left Marvel and helped found image young blood was essentially like just carbon copies of everybody that, he drew an X Force, and yeah. so he had this character Shaft, uh, in uh, real original name, uh, in Young Blood that essentially looked almost exactly like Shatterstar. Now, what I do appreciate about Shatterstar, and I'm in agreement with you, uh, the fact that that version of X Force all died. I knew going in. I I told you I. I read spoilers because it really wasn't that important to me. You know, this wasn't on the level of MCU spoilers. Like, oh my God, I enjoy, I totally enjoyed not knowing. Yeah. uh, Having that experience going in. You and I take very divergent paths on that one. And, and that's cool. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, What I did appreciate though, is when Shatterstar was, you know, when they jumped out of the plane and he's, he, they, they filmed him in the, in the classic Shatterstar pose, like where his legs are kind of like tucked up in underneath yeah, him, yeah, yeah. which was cool. So it was, it was a throwback to how he looked in the comics, which I, I appreciate to that. And his suit very much looked like he stepped out of the nineties, which was, oh yeah. Fantastic. 100%. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So dude, I, you know, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it, I, I enjoyed it. I joked with you, you know, we were, we were gaming a couple nights after that and I was like, I hated it. And you're like, I knew it. I knew it. And then I texted <laughs> you later and I was like, nah, dude, I really didn't hate it. I did not hate Deadpool too. I don't hate Deadpool. You know, it's funny that I still get people, you know, who listen to the show, who know us directly. They're like, man, you really don't like Deadpool. I'm like, I, no, I like Deadpool. I just, I have a low tolerance for Deadpool. There's only so much I can take from like enough. It's, it's too much. It's too much. Go away too much. It's too much. Yeah. Had fun. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be the big runaway success. And this is where you and I talked about too, that the Deadpool dilemma that Fox is going to have, because if you continue to have him just be all the time, people are going to get tired of it. If you go too serious, you're going to be like, well, what happened? And I think Deadpool 2 kind of straddles that line of it's not <laughs> through the whole thing, but there's this, well, why is it so serious? Yeah. Uh, why is what? It's, it's the Deadpool dilemma. And you and I talked about it. We're like, it's, it's a tough character. You can introduce him with a bang. Like they did in the first one, literally, it's the movie starts out with a bang. He's he's blowing the heads off of guys. 
But then how do you character build with him and make him sustainable yeah. on film? I think they did that. I think, yeah, I, I think they did that. Though, old Deadpool fans, people who've known about this character for, you know, 20 years or so, we go, well, thank you for not just having it be hardy har har for yeah, two, so for two hours like you did with the first one. It was hardy har har for two hours. It's that Deadpool dilemma. So it'd be interesting. We know there's going to be a third one. Be interesting to see where they go with Deadpool yeah. 3. Or is there no Deadpool 3 and you just... Because X-Force is still on the docket. Now, the Disney Fox thing, who knows where that's going to go. But as of right now, X-Force is still on the docket. Do they just simply move Deadpool from solo movies into a group movie? Which may be the right way to go. Let the two solo movies just kind of do their thing, right? Maybe put him in a bigger group dynamic and then move him to a third one. I don't know. It'll be interesting to yeah. see. I will say, though, of all the spoilers, the one that I was looking forward to was Deadpool shooting the Origins Deadpool. Very fun. I, that was, it was a very fun way of getting Wolverine in a Deadpool movie. They did it with, yeah. <laughs> without actually having Hugh Jackman be on stage so they got it they got their wolverine in a deadpool movie but and he was first on the special thanks to in the credits he was the top line when they yeah. said and special thanks to and it was hugh jackman was right on top yeah because as you know as movie if you know anything about movie making you know that when a movie shows another movie in their movie they have to get permission for the people that are on yes. screen yes. to actually do that. Um, fun fact, like about the movie Hot Fuzz um, with uh, with um, so, uh, Simon was, Pegg, but, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. Uh, they had a really the most expensive scene that they shot in that movie was them watching Bad Boys Two and watching Point Break. Yes, they yeah. had to contact. Of course, they had to contact everybody that was on screen, and they said the reason why it was so difficult is because. When uh, who was it? Um, Will Smith? No, Martin Lawrence. Um, it was the Point Break. Patrick Keanu Swayze. Reeves, Patrick Swayze. Because he had passed uh, away, right? He had passed away, yeah. but it wasn't that. That wasn't the problem. They had to. They had to find the stunt guy who doubled as Patrick Swayze because that was his butt when Patrick <laughs> Swayze turned around and climbed the fence. Yeah, that was like, Swayze. That was butt? the stunt guy. So they had to find the stunt guy. They had to. It was like they barely. Well, anyway, I'm sorry to hear but, that wasn't Swayze butt, man. I know, dude. That was Ruin, dude, that so, ruins everything for me. But so <laughs> you know, of course, you know Hugh Jackman was a part of which I really loved. Honestly, the the. The, some of the most entertaining things about Deadpool are the uh, advertising campaigns. Um, Hugh Jackman played a part in the in the advertising campaign for Deadpool 2. He did a birthday message, and then as he rotated the phone behind him, there was you know either Ryan Reynolds or someone in the Deadpool suit just sitting on the bed, um, you know, hanging out. Of course, the Celine Dion music video, yeah, which yeah. honestly. I got such a kick out of, I thought, you know, in everything that Deadpool two is about and Deadpool two is done. Um, I, I think the Celine Dion music video, uh, and I talked to you which, a little bit which about was a this. take think, on the James Bond openings, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that music video speaks to our comic book culture, um, and how 
even as far as like, you know, the last thing anybody remembers Celine Dion doing is Titanic. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, when you, when the mass populace thinks of Celine Dion, okay, Titanic, right? Like it's this epic, this drama. She's this beautiful singer. You know, she's got all these really heartfelt songs. And that song is killer too. Like that's, that is a really good song. And it was really well placed inside the movie too. Um, you know, right after, you know, right after her death, right after, you know, her, uh, Deadpool's girl's death it, is that song hits. Um, and it's really good. I really like that song, but I was talking to you about this. It's like the comic book culture, um, at this point, you know, I don't know if it's peaking. I don't know where it's at, but I'm, you know, it's, I'm going to enjoy it while it's here. Uh, because this is the first time in my lifetime, like this has been the way, you know, like it's been this big and, you know, to have someone like Celine Dion interact with someone like Deadpool. Okay. Money aside, right? Like people will do anything for cash, right? You know what I mean? Like she was paid gobs of money to do this. I know that, but at the same time, like she's still got Celine Dion reputation and kind of what she's about and being able to lean into that comic book culture, being able that comic book culture has touched artists in that way. And in different and and touched our culture in this in very different ways, like like that, I think speaks uh, speaks volumes. I I love it. I, I it's like let's ride this train as long as we can, let's let's get wild with it, let's party. I, I love it. You know, is <laughs> it's ridiculous, and I may not like every single thing that comes out of this. You know, there's been some a lot of stinkers that came out. What powerless? You know that TV show that that bombed that was a part of this uh inhumans uh that's a stinker it bombed you know there's it's they're gonna have we're gonna have those because the market may get a little saturated with all of this fun stuff (laughs) justice league um it is a disappointment yeah i'm with you so i i think I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I really get excited about this kind of stuff when I think about like the comic book culture and like how it's touching different areas where you would have thought, you know, in 2008 or right, or in 2000 when Wolverine showed up on the screen, like fast forward, you'd have told me that, oh yeah, in a sequel to a, to a character you've never heard about, Celine Dion is going to do a music video where they interact yeah, with yeah. a comic book character dancing on heels. You're going to come on. You know what I mean? Like to get from that point to where we are now. I love this. Like this is, this is amazing. It Who is. Yeah, it is. It is. And you know, and it takes a character kind of like Deadpool to kind of push some of those little boundaries that, you know, MCU can't really push that DCEU can't really push and standard X-Men that are in the other X-Men movies, which was a, a little funny. I liked that little moment too. Yeah. Uh, where they're behind that door and they close the door on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Really great. I, you know, just <laughs> exactly what it needed to be right there. That was good. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm ranting without a point here. I'm just saying I, I just I love this culture. I love what Deadpool is doing with it. He's playing a big part in, in how this culture, comic book culture is becoming a normalcy um and coming and it's not out of it's not inside of this little you know it's not inside mom's basement anymore no and in the the comic book companies and i think this is a good transition as we start talking about some print stuff is that um really you know whether it's marvel whether it's dc that the comic books the actual books themselves really aren't the 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 forefront as much anymore I mean, they still sell, 
But, you know, let's, let's be honest. I mean, the, the days of, you know, a, a particular issue selling 300,000 copies, 500,000 copies, a million copies. Uh, lines outside that you don't see lines outside of comic books. No, stores, man. no, it doesn't and, happen. No. And, and they're, they're still, you know, they, they can be. I mean, if they're a well run comic book shop, uh, you know, places that are are meeting points and, and can be busy. But yet a lot of these comic book shops now are having to cater to other things. It's rare. Is it now that you just find a comic book store that is just comic books and that's it. Right. Uh, we, yeah, now we, they double we, as game stores. Yeah. We, you know, we've got one of those, you know, yeah. here in, in Mesa, uh, that's called Greg's comics. And he is a comic book store. I mean, you walk in there and it is a throwback store. It's poorly lit. It smells like musty comic book pages. You've got, you know, rows and rows and rows of boxes. And it's just a comic book store versus something that's going to be a little bit different where, like you said, it's going to be games. It's going to be Magic the Gathering. It's going to be Pokemon cards. It's going to be board games. It's going to be comic books. It's going to be Funko Pops. It's going to be action figures and t-shirts and posters and Blu-rays. And so really, you know, print is almost like a means of keeping these characters alive Yet the money is being made through the licensing of whether it's a movie, a Funko pop or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's where it's happening. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, that is a good thing. That is a, a opening up of the market. And, you know, comic books in of themselves are not going to go away. Uh, you know, again, I mean, they're, they're not selling. 300,000 copies. But what's interesting though, is oftentimes digital sales are not recorded. Uh, the, the comic book industry still has a very antiquated way of yeah. recording its sales <clears throat> that it still records by physical <clears throat> copies sold, not digital copies sold. And, you know, the digital market is, you know, still somewhat kind of a, a, a wild west. It can be a shotgun approach. I mean, you've got, you know, services like Comixology, which tries to bring everything into a sort of a Walmart approach. And you and I have discussed this, but the problem is you get lost in Walmart and you're like, well, I, where, where am I going here? I mean, I'm trying yeah, to find right, this, yeah. trying to find that. And, you know, I'd recommend it to you. It's like, you know what? I know Comixology is really great. It's the one-stop shop. It's really cool. It's a heck of a lot easier to find what you're looking for if you go to if you're looking for a Marvel book, go directly to the Marvel app, or go to the DC app, or go to the Image app. Uh, it, it's going to be much easier to find, you know, what you're looking for, yeah, right? right, right. Uh, in that regard, so yeah, man, I you know I agree with you. I mean, the way Deadpool has been, you know, portrayed and and marketed, that it is really a good thing that comic book movies continue to be popular. They continue to make money. Really, I think what the challenge continues to be with each individual release, the bar becomes that much higher. And, you know, will we ever see a bottoming out of the comic book movie market? You know, I I don't know. I I see a couple movies on the horizon that make me go, hmm. You know, Venom, I'm looking at you. New Mutants, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Dark Phoenix, I'm looking at you. 
where I go, man, you know, Sony with their Valiant. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I, I would say that, you know, as long as the, the, the content remains fresh, it's good, but man, it just, it, it's going to take just a couple of, of really, you know, hard missteps. I mean, DC is learning that mistake right now. I mean, that's, it's crazy that infinity war surpassed justice league's worldwide total in two weeks. Yeah. Woo. We, <laughs> youch, right. You know, that hurt. And so I said, man, the bar just keeps getting raised and, and hopefully it, it doesn't get to the point where it's so high that it's just like, ugh. I hate to see it fall apart. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I hope it doesn't. That's the, that's the thing about climbing up a mountain is that eventually you're going to hit a peak. And on the other side of that mountain is sometimes not some very good, you know, <laughs> there steep, might be some peaks along the way down. Steep drop off. <laughs> there's there's going to be some peaks on the way down. Yeah. yeah. Look out. <laughs> you know, there's going to be some good. There's going to be some good stuff on the way down. But, you know, that's the thing. It's just, you know, and I think. uh you know, right now we're at where we are at a crossroads with comic book movies because of Infinity War. You know, um, it it really it added a odd, it added an un, I maybe an unintentional finality to a lot of things. And I think uh, you know, it just being that it was so crazy and so emotional and everything else, and it's you know still not even done yet that that we need a we needed a break and uh you know like i said before man deadpool 2 was was a great break to have yeah uh absolutely you know and then we got you know ant-man and wasp and you know just a few weeks and uh anyway i I don't really have anything else this weekend yeah i don't have anything else (laughs) i want to add to deadpool 2 i know we want to really get into some print but i do want to mention a couple things about the new upcoming star wars movie which will open tomorrow we're recording on may was it 24th today yep may 24th well, yeah some uh some theaters will yeah be solo is evening. gonna well yeah i mean it's it's a memorial day weekend release a lot of theaters are going to be showing it uh tomorrow night probably starting like around five six o'clock in the evening what's interesting to note ryan is that as of right now solo looks to be trending as the lowest disney star wars box office opening projected to open somewhere around 125 million which isn't anything to sneeze at but ryan solo has the highest budget of any star wars movie ever wait yes because of all the reshoots 70 percent of that movie was reshot oh yeah well they had they swapped out directors and yeah it is all of that stuff. Was it is the most done. expensive Star Wars movie to date to create. I didn't know that. That's interesting. And it is trending to be the lowest box office opening for a Disney Star Wars movie. Now you do have to separate the two, right? Because you've got 20th Century Fox Star Wars between you got six movies that fall under that banner, uh, the prequels and the original trilogy. And under Disney, we've had three. You know, we've had. Uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and, and Rogue One. Now we'll have Solo. Is, so we've got four that have been under the banner of Disney. And it's trending right. right now, potentially, to be the lowest 
box office opening. You know, that's not a surprise to me. Now, I am going to see it this weekend, again, as a Star Wars fan by law. If you don't see it on opening weekend, you will serve jail time. So I have to be there this weekend <laughs> to avoid jail time. But I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not... I almost had to remind myself that this movie was opening this weekend. I'm like, oh yeah, Solo is this weekend. Okay. Well, good thing I got some open time because, you know... Yeah, me and the little guy are going to go see it, and I had to remind him, like, dude, I said, you know, Solo opens this weekend. He's like, oh yeah. I mean, we. I mean, <laughs> if you got to remind James to yeah. that the Star Wars movie coming out, then yeah. that's that's I know, not, man, that's I, not great. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, you know, like I, I, I told every reasonable us, I think, you know, back in January when the or February, excuse me, when the teaser trailer was revealed during the Super Bowl. Yeah, I will tweet as soon as I'm done, it's either going to be, I was wrong or I was right. I want that tweet to be, I was wrong, but right now it's trending very hard to, I was right. Yeah, man. And man, this sucks as a star Wars fan. This sucks to look at this movie and just go, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks because I want Ryan. I wonder is Chewbacca going to make it? <laughs> so many characters on the line, man. Is he? I don't know. Is he going to make it? I mean, it's a, it's a tough call, dude. He may shoot, not. He I may mean, not that trailer really one. leaves me hanging. I don't know if he's going to make it. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know if, if Han, is is Han going to make it out of this movie? And that's that's the dilemma. I know. Is he going to make it out of the Kessel Run? I don't know, okay. man. And that's the dilemma with this character because we already know he does. I already know he does. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's very different than saying, you know, I wonder if Anakin's going to become Darth Vader because we wanted to know the path that he took. We already knew. We, it's like, we know he's going to become Darth Vader. Sure. So Anakin in peril in the, in the prequels and, and this say what you will about the prequels. Anakin in peril in the prequels was never a teaser in a trailer. Oh my gosh, Anakin's in trouble. Is he going to make it? (laughs) If you think back (laughs) to those trailers for, you know, not we're going to discount Phantom Menace. Okay. Because you know, he's, he's a little kid in that one, but attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith. When you think back to those trailers, they never showed you Anakin in peril. Is he going to make it? Is Obi-Wan going to pull through? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, unless there's like this crazy curveball, and I remember there was a theory for a while that was Obi Wan a clone, right? I mean, th- th- that could have been something, but sure. Ultimately, you're like, well, of course they're going to make it. What what you were concerned with was how did he get to the point of being Vader? What happens to Padme? Did she survive? Yeah. Did she die? What was it that caused Yoda to go into hiding? What was it that caused Obi Wan to be? almost become paranoid. And, and those yeah. were the questions we were looking to be answered. And, and I felt that they, right. they answered those questions, not always as much as well as they could have been, but those questions were answered with solo, you know, showing me Chewbacca in peril. Uh, he makes it. And, and honestly, there's no adrenaline there. There's yeah. no adrenaline. Like, Oh my gosh, I don't know. Yes, well, he makes it to tag on to tag on to those points, dude. You were saying like, you know, we were interested in the journey of like who Anakin had become because Anakin, that was a journey for Anakin to ch- as he changed right from the boyhood 
to understanding love and hiding that and then like looking into the Sith, you know, in looking into the dark side to actually find out what that has to offer him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he changed fundamentally as from a boy to Darth Vader, right? Like he changed and we got to see that change throughout that movie. Um, and, you know, and th- let's go back to Solo. Is Han Solo really any different than what we've saw in the trailer than he is in the in the first Star Wars film to the last Star Wars film? From what I have seen, the answer is no. He's just younger. He's the same guy. Like there isn't a lot of like character development there. There's none actually. Though I will say there is no character development for Han Solo. Han Solo is exactly who Han Solo will be. He he was always that way. He died that way. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit wiser in, in Force well, Awakens. A little bit wiser. Age, right? Yeah. In age alone yeah. that grants the wisdom that age does, true. And yes, of course, you have the heartfelt moment of this kid, and that's his son, right? Of course, he's going to have a different moment, and he's going to appear different. He's going to talk differently to that person. Those are all obvious things. Those aren't character-changing things. But when he walks into, you think about his first appearance in The Force Awakens is the same Han Solo that we saw in Star Wars, Mm -hmm. A New Hope. Mm Mm-hmm is the same person. It's the same character. He, you know, still being cocky about piloting, still being, you know what I mean? It's, and it's not a bad thing. We, it was, that's not salt on a wound here. We like Han Solo for that reason. So, but that's the, the whole kicker is what am I going to, what character development am I expecting to see out of Solo that I know Han Solo to be like there's there's no growth pattern I've seen I've seen the end of Solo I've seen the end of Han Solo and right now it's the same person that he always was yeah in in again unless there's change fundamental unless there's going to be a huge rug pull from the trailers to the to the movie I mean you know again I mean there there are elements of his story that I don't necessarily need to see I don't need to see the Kessel run in 12 parsecs I already know how he gets the Millennium Falcon. I guess we'll get answered. The question is what happens to the middle part of the Millennium Falcon because it's missing in, you know, so, okay, that riddle gets solved. (laughs) Thank goodness. Um, But it's things like we would, I mean, like, honestly, and, you know, even watching just some of the, some of the trailers with, with Donald Glover in it, like how much of a how much more I would have enjoyed a Lando movie. Yes, yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. You know, a, a Lando yeah. story I think would have been really really cool with that story with that a Han Solo heard. cameo like at the end. Sure, right. Sure. You can introduce that. Uh, it was just announced today that the Boba Fett standalone movie is now a go with James Mangold of the Wolverine and Logan fame. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Again, another character, man. I mean, I, I already got it. I, I got it in the prequel. He's a clone. Django Fett's yeah, boy. Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue. I mean, not Rogue One, but uh, Attack yeah, of the Clones. Episode two. Yeah, you know, I told get us it. the Boba Fett storyline. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You know, most feared, most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy. Get it? Didn't talk much. Hired by the Empire. Goes out like a chump. Hired, you know, he's hired by the Empire. He's hired by Jabba. Okay, yeah. you know, dies like a chump. D- like died, yeah, went know. out like yeah, and that's the thing too. For all the Boba Fett lovers out there, he went out like a chump. Now, 
Disney has not acknowledged his return that happened in the expanded universe, which is now no longer canon. So, you know, you can still make a, a case for bringing him back. I mean, they brought Darth Maul back. But again, I mean, it's like, you know, Boba Fett. I, again, I, I want to say again, and, and we do need to move on to some print. I'm not I'm not going to keep beating on this, but I, a Lando standalone movie, I think, would be a lot of fun. And I think an Obi-Wan standalone movie would be a lot of fun as well, too, because yeah. there's enough that happens in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope that what exactly was Obi-Wan doing? Was he still Jediing? Was he still trying? Was he still acting yeah. as guardian and protector? I think there's a story that could be told there that could be very interesting because Ewan McGregor has aged, right? It's going to be a little bit more of an older Obi-Wan, you know, how did he go from being Jedi master to crazy old wizard? Right. We're, yeah. I mean, you know, we saw it happen with Yoda. He's the Jedi are gone. And when, once he lost that connection, Yoda was a little when Luke found him. Oh yeah. Ben had a little bit of a wild eyed look in his eye too. Like, man, I've been in the desert a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hot. And so, I think there's lots of opportunities to go. And when I hear about, you know, a potential two more solo movies, I'm just like, man, you know, dude, I Tell love tacos. Right I love tacos, Ryan, but I can't eat tacos all the time. I don't need a Star Wars movie every year. I don't tell the right story, man. Like that's my, I mean, it's like tell the right story and yeah, that's hard to guess, but I mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't think it is hard to guess. Actually. I think it's you, you, we're talking about it right now. Like what we would love to see, you know, these are not hard things to come across. I mean, no. honestly, and I, you know, and we don't talk about it very much and for very good reason. Um, but you know, let's the Harry Potter series. Yeah. Right. There was, you know, eight, you know, eight movies strong and people were like, well, what do we do next? And how do we tell more of the story? So they go back in time and they start figuring out like those stories, the lore that Harry Potter was about. They put Dumbledore back in. Jude Law is playing Dumbledore, a young yeah, Dumbledore. Yeah, in now. the new Fantastic Beasts, right? And yeah. The, yeah, in the new Fantastic Beasts. And that's a story that I know I'm interested in. I'm interested in that character because at the end of that series, you find out that Dumbledore was not as you know he was he was not as virtuous as everybody really that he, as he held himself to be um how he obtained certain items and how he uh, carried himself was much like you know voldemort more than mm. dumbledore right so and it's like man i really want to see those changes i really want to see those moments in his story i really want to see that because yeah. i know how he ended right i know his story up until that point and i want to see how it started with solo, I'm not seeing. I'm not. I don't have the same. Pull. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think with like with an Obi Wan, you could do something along those lines. It's like, did Obi Wan ever struggle with? I'm going after Vader. I'm yeah. going to go after him. Can I go get him? Yeah. I'm going to go get him. Or even, or even Lando. Yeah. Like how Lando turned right. Yeah. And how Lando got sold, and how he how he fell under you know Jabba's influence, and then turned on Jabba at the end. Right. Like we love seeing that turn from Lando and being able to watch a story about him and how he. Maybe we could see how he would make that decision, like yeah. how his life has led him to be that way and like how he would undersell a friend. You know what I mean? Like all those things, like those are the, that's a character that's deep and rich with history. And I could, we could dive into and have a lot oh, of fun yeah. with. Yeah. But and know. I'm not saying I don't love Han Solo. I, we all love Han Solo. Of course. 
Of course. We all love Han Solo. And that's why he's we're the so gunslinger. disappointed. He's the gunslinger of the story. You know, shoot and that's first. Why we're so disappointed. Well, yeah. maybe not always shoot first after recuts, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I think we're so disappointed in seeing a story that's being told that we don't need because we understand and love Solo. We love, we love Han already, man. Like we don't, we know why we love Han. Yeah. You don't need to keep telling me that, that I need to love Han. I've told you, I love him. Well, yeah, but you, you don't, you, you need to see this though. And it's like, and then I you're really going to love him. I mean, this, because we got this guy who doesn't look or sound anything like Harrison Ford, but you're going to love him. Yeah. I don't need to. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I'll be seeing it this weekend. Uh, for those of us who follow us on the Twitter, it's going to be three words. I was right. or I was wrong. I I'm hoping man, for an be, I was wrong. I'll be hanging on pins and needles. I doubt it. For that but it will either be a, uh, it, we want to avoid the I was wrong. And guys, I am going to go into this movie as, as objective as I can be. And just like, I, I, it's Star Wars. But anyway, let's move to some print, man. We haven't talked cool. about print. We had the finale of Dark Metal, which, uh, man, it has completely changed the DC multiverse and oh, has officially man. kind of put an end to rebirth even though uh we're seeing that culminate with doomsday clock so rebirth hasn't officially quote-unquote ended per se right uh though the branding has changed so uh you know if you buy your books physical copy you'll see on the covers now it says dc universe as opposed to rebirth you know and like <laughs> Big, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. big words across the top, but man, dude, I got to tell you, dark metal was probably one of the most, uh, fascinating and captivating storylines I have read in a long time. I mean, those were yeah. absolute page turners and oh yeah, just revisits like, oh my gosh, I got to go back and, and reread this book or reread this. Absolutely amazing. Um, and it's one of those instances where, uh, you know, we don't want to compare apples and oranges, but we do, where Marvel had something very similar with Secret Empire, which right. I thought was really good. And it could have really dramatically and drastically changed the Marvel Universe afterwards. And it really didn't. Just kind of went yeah. back to, oh, here we go. We're back. Everything's yep. good. And you're kind of like, well, well, then what was the point? Uh, what was the yeah. point of all that? Where with dark metal, it has immediately had drastic changes on the DC multiverse. And rightly, it should because right. of what happened that it couldn't just be like, OK, well, we're just back to fighting and punching bad guys. <laughs> let's let's give them a good throttling. <laughs> yeah, no. No, it, I mean, massive ramifications. It, guys, if you didn't read Dark Metal, can we encourage you to do so? Because this is one of those storytelling moments that has a pivotal shift in an overall universal storyline that has a logical follow-up now with Justice League and No Justice. It logically makes sense. These yeah. massive ramifications of the multiverse sinking down into the dark multiverse and then being pulled back up and the breaking of this source wall of where you've got these beings and entities that existed outside 
of the DC multiverse now invading in. It's, it is truly epic storytelling, but man, I'll tell you, it's done in such a way that you're like, man, this makes sense. And it's pushing these characters forward. It, it likens to, uh, X-Men number one. Yeah. The Chris Claremont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Lee story. Talking about like the 1992 uh, era, X-Men number one. 1992, right? yeah. X-Men number one. Un- was it Uncanny X-Men? Or just no, just X-Men. 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 That was Jim Lee, Chris Claremont. Yeah. yeah. Chris Lee. And, and that story that they told, um, was it Genesis something? Um, yeah. Anyway. The, it's, it's honestly, and that's what I've been kind of looking up over here. I just want to make sure I get it. Uh, that that story I, I have read again since, uh, you know, since I was a kid, I'd read that as a kid, did not know what I held in my hands. And I think I still have the physical copy of X-Men number one back in this, uh, oh, closet here. That's a keeper. Dude. Um, that's a, I still have, a, yeah, a I still have a, found it and I, it's a little, you know, it's got a, it's got a, it's been read by a kid, man. I was, you oh, know, of course, it's been man, read yeah. by a young me. <laughs> um, but, uh, but dude, being able to pick that up, I, I think I talked about that quite a bit. I picked it up again and I just could not believe what I was holding in my hands. Um, that I was actually holding the Chris Claremont, Jim Lee story and, and seeing Jim Lee's art on that cover, just absolutely the gate, the gate fold cover where it would just kind of fold all the way out. Like it was, oh, and then you could even take yeah, the multiple here. covers and put oh, yeah, them side by then, side yeah. as well too. Yeah. You can, so this story, what I'd say honestly is this story will be revered like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This 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 dark metal story, um, along with Doomsday Clock, hand in hand, um, these are the things. And you know, we we've said it thousands of times. I know we have, uh, but everything that DC is doing right uh, inside the comic book universe, they are doing wrong inside the movie universe, and vice versa for Marvel right now. Um, the DC comics are as good as Marvel MCU movies are. They're, they're, yeah, they're all, you know, and obviously you can't read unless you just have all the time in the world and unlimited funds. You, you cannot literally read every title, you know, sure in DC. But if you're thinking about like how good is DC comics right now, the comics are as good as the MCU movies are. Correct. With, with, they, yeah. Just absolutely. And that's what's great is that uh, you could jump into a really good series like that and you're not then still kind of beat with like Captain America and Iron Man and all that other stuff that you've been getting through movies that if you're like, man, I just kind of want to dig down and read something different. Man, DC is where it's at. Dark Metal, uh, Doomsday Clock, you know, that's about to that's about to get crazy. I just got my notification that uh, the next issue is about to drop. Yeah, number f- number uh, for five, Doomsday right? Clock. It's going to be number yeah, five. For yeah. Doomsday Clock. Yeah, it's either five or six. Um, but it, Doomsday Clock is about to drop again. And, and uh, that story um, with the, uh, the, the new Rorschach and, and how Bruce has been, um, you know, essentially manipulating him as disguised as the, as the, as the therapist, uh, you know, that's been assigned to him, of course. Um, you know, big, big shocker there is that. Uh, that tricky the- <laughs> Bruce Wayne, man. Yeah, Rorschach gets a therapist, and and who knew that it was that it was mm. old, the it was the great detective uh, in a mask, <laughs> talking to him the entire time. Um, 
but that story is is really unfolding. We got our first glimpses, not not even a full glimpse, but we know that uh, Doctor Manhattan is is right here, and he has arrived, and and he is ready to to he is ready to do something. Yeah, to, I don't to know reveal what. what what his what his plans are, what his ultimate plan yeah, is. And yeah. and this is a a brilliant such a such a well-placed storyline you know you know you and i enjoyed new 52 at times though oh yeah it felt like you know new 52 you know had easily the best i think probably up until dark metal but even when you look at dark metal even though it, it fell under the batman uh you know label didn't take place in the batman like monthly series or detective comics or all-star batman or anything like that uh, it fell under the banner of Batman. It very much is a Justice League story with Batman as the forefront. Yeah. Right? Because w- without the Justice League, they're, they're in, in help from other, you know, Batmen from the other. I mean, how cool was it to see the Frank, you know, the Dark Knight Returns Batman coming to fight and and Oh yeah. Man. You know, you you get the Red Sun Superman coming to fight. I mean, it's it's it was pretty pretty amazing climactic battle for all of that, right? Yeah. Um with New 52 Literally 50, everything came to a culmination. Yeah. Was, and, and with New 52, beautiful. as much as we loved it and and you know, the Court of Owls and the City of Owls really being the the crown jewel of the entire New 52 storyline it it didn't always feel very cohesive you know there were times where you're like right hmm okay okay (laughs) all right uh okay right you're just like i guess we move on to the next story (laughs) with (laughs) uh with rebirth it was such a well orchestrated from the get-go and it started with we're going to bring the watchmen into the regular DC universe. Yeah. And it's just been this epic, slow burn with, there've been self-contained stories, but yet this overarching thing, even dark metal does not separate itself out of what was happening with doomsday clock. Yeah. It's all happening together. And now we're seeing with doomsday, what exactly is Dr. Man? What, what was he looking for? And even the theory, the, excuse me, the series doomsday clock, man, what I've appreciated is, man, they told us it was going to be 12 issues and they said, it's going to go a year, man. And they're not kidding. I mean, this is like, they're not like, yeah. here's issue one and two and three and four and five and six. And you're, and we're all beating a path to the comic book shop or, you know, you can't download it fast enough or however you're getting the, the stories. They're like, here's issue number one. Now wait, <laughs> let that sink in. Here's number two. Now wait. And I appreciate that because really, you know, comic books now, dude, it's not unusual to get, I I think No Justice is a really great example. They're already on issue number three and and it's a four issue story. And so I really like what they're doing with Doomsday Clock. I mean, we're going to slow burn this because, and even Dark Metal started out very quick. You know, it's like, here they go. And then they really got off that accelerator, right? That because we're building to something really, really good and it's worth the wait. Just like with the MCU, they kept saying it's worth the wait. 
and by gum, it was worth it. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Yeah. And when we got to the end of Dark Metal and I finished the very last uh, issue, I was like, man, that was good. That was good. Yeah. And I know the Doomsday Clock, at least right now, I can say, that's good. Mm, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're throwing a lot of kisses and hugs at, at DC right now for this storyline because it's deserved. It is honestly deserved. Yeah, it really is. Now, Marvel, is there anything else that you want to add to that? Because I, I kind of want to throw in some Marvel here as well, too, because I like where they're going. No, go for it. Okay. So, again, we're going to encourage you guys. If you haven't read Dark Metal, they're going to be coming out in collected volumes here. I want to say, I think it's next month. The collected volumes oh, will be available. Some, oh, okay, nice. Yeah, and you're going to be able to get them in like sexy hardcover editions, which I got to tell you, Ryan. That's tempting. It's Yeah, I've got the single issues, but man, it's real tempting to pick up those gorgeous hardcovers. And you'll be able to get it in yeah. traditional, you know, paperback style. Or digitally. So if you don't want to, you know, get all... That collected yeah, volume paper. Yeah. Um, or whatever. If you just say, hey, I just want, you know, grab that DC app and download. Uh, Marvel, finally, Ryan, finally, after yeah. Secret Empire, okay? And then Marvel Legacy that had us going, what? Um, which I think had most people going, huh, what, huh? <laughs> Where they said, we're going to return these characters to their roots. Okay. When is that going to happen? Oh, huh? <laughs> Sometime soon. Um, At some point, uh, maybe they have officially hit hard reset, hard restart, hard reboot on three of their key titles already so far: Captain America number seven hundred, Invincible Iron Man number six hundred, and a complete reboot and restart of Avengers, starting with <gasps> a number one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank it's okay. you. Started at number one. It's okay. It's okay. We'll still be here. And I got to tell you, Ryan. Um, I've read Cap 700, have not, have not gotten to my copy of Invincible Iron Man 600 yet, or Avengers number one. I have them. I got to tell you, just by flipping through them, give them that cursory look, yeah. on the right track, on nice. the right track. And, and this is what we have- I might pick those up as well. Yeah. And this is what we've been imploring Marvel, because, you know, Ryan, we sometimes get accused. It's like, well, you guys really love DC. Well, Yeah. And we love Marvel and we love Image and we love Dark Horse and we love Valiant. Yeah. We love it all. It's crazy. It's crazy. We are the reasonable fanboys. We call out excellence when we see it and we question goofiness when we see it. And Marvel's oh, just yeah. been goofy. They've been goofy. Such up and down storytelling. And now finally they're saying, okay, we're going to hit this hard restart. Black Panther number one also hit that hard restart this month been a big seller for marvel as well too and i love marvel backtracking a little bit ryan the hunt for wolverine is now going to be standalone issues you're not going to have to go chasing through all these different books oh wonderful fantastic and to that for marvel i say thank you guys because these characters are so good they're so important the history the lore it's incredible it's just as deep and just as rich is what you have in DC. And all we simply ask is make these so much more accessible to the new readers yeah. and the longtime readers. And they're finally doing it. And I am ecstatic. I am super ecstatic. Captain America number 700 was one of the most probably unoriginal type stories I've ever read. But I'll tell you what, Ryan, 
It felt like Captain America. It looked like Captain America. It acted like Captain America. And when I was done, I was like, that was awesome. That's Captain America. That was Captain America. There was no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really what people were saying. They're like, just give us these characters. It doesn't have to be this earth shattering moment. And just give us the characters, man. Yeah, man. And build it from there. So I am. I got to say, man, for the first time in a long time, Ryan, I'm really excited for what Marvel's doing in print. They're listening yeah. to the fans. I think they could still they could still do a little price drop, but hey, you know, we'll take things as they come, right? Rome wasn't built in a day, but um, <laughs> they're, I, I, in my opinion, I think they're on the right track. And really, Good. when they make a public statement, almost kind of mimicking Valiant, saying, yeah, this is a jumping on point. This is where you can jump on right here, right now. Jump on right here. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you needed to do. Let people walk into the store and pick up something that they know they can jump into. Exactly. Give people that entry. Give people that, give people that, that walk in. Um, there, you know, I did talk about it. I don't know if uh, that part of the show made it into this part of the show, um, but I did talk about my recent pickup just digitally though of, um, of Kingdom Come, yeah, which is a which is uh, a piece of um, what I <laughs> art history. Yeah, that's a good way to put um, it. Dude. Uh, and I, I, it's I, uh, I've talked to I was talking to John about this before the show started, and I just uh, can't praise this guy enough, Alex Ross, um, who you know if you've been around comic books for any length of time, you know who Alex Ross is. Like he's. He's Kingdom Come uh, uh, art uh, that was that was very prolific. Um, he did, uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly what else he's he's penned, but the um, the the series that I just picked up recently was that Kingdom Come uh, book. If you're looking for uh, something that's less, uh, I don't know how to put this, less comic book looking. <laughs> <laughs> I guess is the only way to put it. Yeah, that's it. No, I think um, that's a good way to put it. If you've if you've been interested in comic books, but it's like, man, it's like every time I pick one up, like I can't get over uh, the features. I can't get over the the expressions. Like I can't get over all like the the art stylings of most comic books. Um, then if you look up Alex Ross and look up Kingdom Come, it's a DC story. It's Justice League story. Um, you might just get blown away by this guy's art. Uh, it's realism to the max. Uh, it is absolute realistic features. Uh, it's almost portraits that he's yeah. that he's yeah. drawn of these characters, and they just so have. It's like portraits of these characters that just so happen to be in a comic book with words on them. <laughs> I, I think the, I think the best way that I can put it is like Superman looks like a man. Yeah. I, yeah. I know I know that sounds stupid. You're like, John, that, that's gotta be the most stupid thing I've ever heard. But like he looks like a man. Like Well he looks I think to me that's Superman. Yeah, like, like that, a that's chiseled that Wonder man. Woman. Diana yes. looks exactly like Wonder Woman should. Yeah. I, that, that's what we're saying. It's like if 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 a a cartoon drawing could look like a human. Yeah. This is it. This is like these these like yeah, this is as close as you can get to having it like you said be a portrait. This is about as close as yeah. you're gonna get. Yeah, to embody like just just the drawing of these characters, the way they look, the way they hold themselves, the way he puts them on paper. 
the way he proportions everything. You know, the, there's no out of whack proportions here on these characters. They don't have, yeah, you know, the, yeah. all the all the women don't have giant butts, and not all the men have these barrel chests. Yeah, there's not like yeah, ample you know. <laughs> bosoms and barrel chests and just rippling biceps and. Yeah. It is. It is just primo art um but i've been impressed with his his work for a really really long time in the in that regard and um i'm uh we'll be looking for some of those in print now and and as i've uh maybe even start getting some of those prints uh made and being able to hang those in my office here and um i I haven't shared what my office looks like it's kind of bare right now but i've got uh what i do have are um old uh, vintage printings on uh, wood, uh, you know, essentially just on the backing of of just some just some wood, and it's uh, old vintage prints of like the Hulk, uh, the his premiere issue, Thor's premiere issue, Iron Man, and and Captain America. I've got those up. They're about um, I don't know, probably eighteen inches by. 10 inches, something like that. So they're, they're substantial in size. Um, but they've been, you know, I, you know, honestly, they've been carefully chosen. I wanted to make sure I had the right, you know, look to these and wanted to make sure I respected the artist and respected the original work. Um, and Alex Ross would fit perfect in this category. It's just, I can't get over this dude's art enough, honestly. Like it's just so good. It's, it's, it's so very captivating. Good. It's, it's, it, it, it's one of those, uh, and he, he's also, uh, I think, you know, it's inspiring. Yeah, like he's it's just it really. Is. He's really well known for the. Um, well, I mean, not he's well known for a lot of, but you know, sketches. But one of the more famous ones of him and Shaz- of Shazam and Superman like exchanging punches. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, which is one of those uh, iconic, you know, moments in DC. Um, so yeah, yeah, very cool, man. Very cool with that with the Alex Ross stuff. Um, it, it's definitely. I think you know. I'd, I'd like to harp on my buddy Ryan over here that he needs to get more paper in his life. Um, <laughs> I don't argue with you. He doesn't argue with me. It's, <laughs> it, 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 hey, you know, I, I will never disagree with that super convenience of the digital download. There is uh, no question that's when you have that two o'clock in the morning comic book purchase when you can't sleep and you're like... <laughs> Yeah, I'll buy a couple books. Yeah, it uh, th- that is definitely awesome. There are just some things that require paper, and you know we we mentioned Infinity Gauntlet earlier. That requires paper. Uh, the Watchmen. Yeah, that requires paper. Uh, McFarlane era Spider Man. That's paper. Yeah, you know Alex Ross Superman. That's paper. Paper. Oh yeah. You know, think of that weird character that's in Waterworld where he goes, it's paper, it's paper. You remember that scene? <laughs> For those who haven't seen Waterworld, they're like, what the hell is he talking about? Long time. Yeah, but you remember the time ever they come across that drifter and he's oh, like, yeah, it's man. paper, it's paper. He's like <laughs> smelling it and he's, he's <laughs> crazy. Just the, just the commodity yeah. that that was, paper? the rarity that they've yeah. ever seen. Hey man, speaking of paper, as we move along, I'm going to grab one. To our favorite, uh, I don't know if you can really call him a independent anymore, but there's my shadow man. Oh, dude. I'm so happy you got that in print. Yeah, man. Dude. Could, Take a picture of that, would you? And, and post it up. I know. I need to. I need to. Such a great just cover. The, just throw it up there. Because that cover is 
It's not a foil By cover. Far, so let me explain what I'm showing covers. here to you, Reasonableist. So uh, Valiant, who continues to just, in my opinion, in print, I know we talk Valiant so much, but it's worth it, continues to just set the pace for how you tell a multi-character universe without just drowning that universe with too many characters. I mean, it is super, super accessible. Shadow oh, yeah. Man number one. Uh, which debuted just a couple weeks ago. It's a it's a reboot, you know. But again, not in in typical Valiant form. Doesn't do away with anything that came before it. We're just starting a new series of stories, and we start with number one. So that's how Valiant works. Makes it very accessible. Uh, this is not a foil cover. Basically, it's a black cover with Shadow Man's face. It's a painting, and it, it, when you first look at it, you're kind of like, is that a foil? Is it a glow in the dark? Nope. It is not a gimmick cover which I applaud Valiant for doing because sometimes they still like to do the gimmick covers. We saw that with Dark Metal. Those were all gimmick covers. Yeah. Those were all, a lot of those were gimmick covers. Those are going to be worth yeah. bazillions one day. Uh, yeah. It's not a gimmick cover. It's just, it, it's like a painting. We talk about like art. These Valiant books are like paintings. You know, Bloodshot. Those are a little bit gimmick covers. Those are hard stock. I keep showing you this because it's so amazing. It's so great. Yeah, I just dude. want to put in the camera. That's just me talking to you. Hey, uh, really cool story. And, and I, I texted you today that Shadow Man is kind of like the Doctor Strange of the Valiant universe. Yeah. You know, tapping yeah. into these mystical arts. It really centers around voodoo uh, and, and uh, dark magic and occult and things like that. But it's, it's very kind of presented in a Doctor Strange tone where <clears throat> it's this mystical world and realms that exist beyond what we see. And, and these people are the protectors and the keepers of this realm. Uh, so it's not, so when it is invaded, they're the ones who take care of it rather than calling in, you know, the valiant universe heroes like Ninjak and Bloodshot and right. Exo to, and the Harbingers to come in and clean up everything. Uh, they're the ones who take care of it, and they only really call upon help when it's really, really necessary. And other than that, they kind of like to <laughs> yeah. keep it to themselves. And it's only a couple issues in, but I got to say, man, as with most of these Valiant books, it is compelling writing with incredible yeah. art. I mean, they have found this balance that is, it, it's, it's really tough to replicate. You know, because I mean, even in some of our, you know, favorite DC books and Marvel books, sometimes they, they kind of lean one way or the other. Like the writing is really, really good. And the art, you're kind of like, hmm, yeah, I wasn't mm. feeling that. Or the art is just like splash page, splash page. You're just like, yes, the visuals. And you're like, what did I just read? Was there even any words like no in that? Story. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what were they doing? <laughs> they forget to put in words. Throttling bad guys is what they were doing. And but Valiant just they have this incredible balance between art. Um, I want to give a big shout out to the Ninja K series. That is a series of yeah. books, Ryan. I don't, I know that you haven't really dove, dove into it much. Man, those are all those are like books. I mean, not just comic books; they're like books. I mean, the dialogue good, in these issues is rich and is heavy. Yeah. And you're like, and you've got to pay attention to what's going on in these panels, because if yeah. you don't, you're going to get about six or seven pages forward and you'll be like, wait a minute, what? I mean, there's just, you know, some books you can get by by skimming and you skim and you're like, okay, yeah, I got it. It was pretty yeah, good. It was, yeah, good. Yeah. it was good. I got it. It was good. Where with these, you're like, if you skim, 
Reminds me a lot of Watchmen. If you skim, you're like, yeah, nope, nope. You're not going to want to do that. You're going to want to go back. You got to go back. Yeah, you're going to want to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm flipping back a couple pages. Um, so yeah, man, that that's where I'm at with Valiant. Uh, I know you've had a couple of snafus with your Valiant books that... Oh, just because it's digital. Digital, yeah. <laughs> running into the... It's just the web store problem, dude. That's all it is. Doesn't sully my opinion of Valiant books at all. No, no, not at all. So... Um, but did you did you get a chance to read Shadow Man one or no? Yeah, I read Shadow Man one for sure. Okay, but you haven't read two yet because they're only on. But I okay. I haven't. Yeah, I, I, the well, they're getting up to what I think that most recent c- cover that's coming out in August. That's number six, I believe. Are we that far behind, or am I that far behind? I should say, I probably I am. think I think we are, buddy. Yeah, I probably am because I think that one's number six. Well. And that speaking of iconic covers, like the, the first one is that black and white. It's literally Shadow Man's mask, or it's not really mask. It's kind of him um, in the Shadow Man form. Uh, he's a he trans. He he essentially shape not really shapeshift, but he his form changes from a man to Shadow Man. Um, and so he doesn't really wear a mask or anything like that. He just kind of transforms Oop, into this character. I just banged into my mic. Sorry. Uh, and it's a black and white, beautiful cover. It's totally monochrome. Um, and it's gorgeous. And it's just a picture of that portrait of a face of Shadow Man. It's so good. And I really hope you take a picture of me and, and, and put it up because it looks so good. Well, and it, and it shows um, that you can have a really great cover without relying upon a gimmick. To draw right. to draw attention to it, just make yeah. just have it just th- have it be great art. I mean, foil covers great are great art. and yeah. stuff. I mean, that, that we all it's shiny. We all we want to run to the shiny, right? Yeah, but great art, great art is also shiny, and will yeah will draw people over absolutely. And that August cover is is very very similar to it in terms of it's still got the Shadow Man face, but it's all in flames. And there's a, there's a silhouette of someone standing in front of the Shadow Man head. Uh, and it's just, it's just in the same vein as, episode, as issue one. Uh, just amazing, amazing cover art. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and if, if they are trying to, if they are trying to distinct, you know, be distinctive uh, on the shelf next to, you know, uh, even dark metal and 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 uh, the new Justice League, no Justice series that's happening. Uh, I tell you, if they're if they're anywhere in the same in the, on the same shelf, that the issue that's in the front is getting picked up and thumbed through. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just because of the cover, absolutely. Uh, they 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 are killing it. Absolutely killing it. it. Looks so good. You bet. You bet. Well, there are some really cool upcoming big titles as well, too. Uh, staying kind of in the Valiant thing, uh, Harbinger Wars 2 is going to be kicking off here real soon. Uh, mm-hmm. In DC, we got the Flash War coming up. That's going to be very interesting to see where yeah. that's going. Uh, and then in Marvel, there really isn't a big sweeping overarch story other than the hard resets and the hard reboots with Avengers number one, Black Panther number one, even though Cap and, to- and, and, and uh, Tony, Iron Man, same guy, Cap and Iron Man are keeping their numbering system. Those have been hard resets and reboots as well, too. Uh, probably just for legacy sake, which I don't really have a problem with. I, it would have been kind of cool to see a new number ones, but again, Rome wasn't built in a day. So what we're saying, guys, as we've been saying for almost two years now, this show has been going on almost two years. 
I know, man. Is that it is really a great time to be a comic book fan, whether it's movie, TV show, though I did hear, Ryan, that the Flash season finale kind of let down a few people, but I really wasn't too surprised over that. Oh, the shocker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised. What? But it is really a great no time way. to be a comic book fan, and uh, we would love to hear from you guys from the Twitter, email. Let us know what you're reading. Let us know what you're enjoying. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, super fan Norm. We hear a lot from Norm. We love Norm. Oh, yeah. He just tweeted out the other day that he is revisiting Smallville, which I thought was pretty cool. Now, it wasn't my cup of tea, but he's revisiting that. We always love to hear about what the reasonableists are reading, what you're watching, what you're into. Uh, It just really makes things uh, that much more interesting and exciting for us as well, too. Oh, yeah. uh, To hear what you guys are doing. Ryan, my tank is kind of empty, dude. I feel like we covered all this really great stuff. We hit the print. Finally. After three episodes of really being just MCU, but that's that's just that Marvel fanboy. That's the elephant in the room, episodes. man. I mean, you can't even get a can't get away from it. And here in a couple weeks, we're yeah. gonna be talking about another MCU movie. So what can you do, man? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, my take's empty too. So uh, I guess we'll just wrap it from here. But as always, you guys can find us uh, on Twitter at RFBPC. Um, you can find us on, you know, if you want to send us a letter, an email, we don't really take physical letters unless you <laughs> no, find we're us not and hand out them our to addresses. us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless you, unless you find us somehow and give us a letter, which would be really weird because there's not a lot of people that listen to the show <laughs> and it'd be really weird. What are you, what are you talking about, Ryan? There are millions and millions, millions of people who listen to reasonable families. There are dozens of us. <laughs> Good arrested development. Dozens of us, Ryan. Dozens. Dozens. Uh, you know, but yeah, you can always email us reasonable fanboys at gmail.com. Um, I have to say at this point, I have, uh, I think right. I'm going to go with rightfully so neglected the Facebook page. So if you're looking to get a hold of us, Twitter uh, is probably going to don't be best go option. to Facebook. Yeah. Twitter is literally the best option. If not email, uh, email is the second best option. Um, but, uh, both of us monitor the Twitter account. And so if one of us doesn't doesn't see it the other one will um i have to give honestly we talked about norm just a few minutes ago i'm gonna give him one more shout out uh norm did a uh and i and i think i retweeted it uh but he did a really great take on our logo right after our infinity yeah he did he did uh and gave us a little you know it looks like thanos got us thanos got us uh (laughs) It looks like Thanos took care of us. Thanos. Uh, so, but yeah, we get. It looks like John and I. You got. We got the finger snapped, man. Because we uh, did reasonableness. We don't feel so well. We are, there. We go. We don't feel. So, we don't. Feel that was so very well. cool, man. That was very cool. Ve- yeah, very cool, very cool, man. Thank you so much for doing all that stuff, man. It it it's a bright spot in the day. Uh, whenever I get to see some new artwork by Norm and uh, Norm, <laughs> I, really I will say wonderful. you'll be receiving a cease and desist letter to leave our logo alone. Uh, from now on, no, just kidding. Just kidding. That is a joke. Oh man. That, that, cool. that well, logo is not a, a Holy grail. Have fun with it. But by, by any means, <laughs> no, <laughs> well, uh, man, well, this has been reasonable fanboys. My name is Ryan. I am John. You guys have a great one.